be a loving gesture to reach out to someone who might be lonely, but not just a loving gesture. It can actually help improve their health status. Hi, welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Welcome in. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Today, Cindy and I are going to talk about loneliness and social isolation in the aging population. It is a really important issue. That's right, Julie. Loneliness and social isolation affect a significant number of older adults and actually create greater risk for dementia and other serious medical conditions. For example, social isolation is associated with about a 50% increased risk of dementia. 50%? That is a significant increase in dementia risk. That's actually pretty amazing to think about that loneliness can be so closely related to psychological decline. Psychological and physiological. Yeah. Loneliness and social isolation are different, but related. Psychiatrist Frieda Fromm Reichman cautioned about the dangers of loneliness, which she defined as the difference between someone's preferred social relations and their actual social relations. Hmm. They are a bit different. Loneliness is the feeling of being alone, regardless of the amount of social contact. You can be lonely in a crowd. The feeling doesn't have to be a logical outcome of your actual situation. Right. Social isolation is a lack of social connections. You can have a lot of social connections and still feel lonely. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is that both can have major physical, mental, and emotional consequences that put health at risk. Well, people are typically social by nature, and positive social relationships can help them live longer, healthier lives. Older adults are at increased risk for loneliness and social isolation because they're more likely to face factors such as living alone, loss of family or friends, chronic illness, and hearing loss. And they may not have the resources to compensate for all of those losses. Yeah. More than a third of adults 45 and older feel lonely, and nearly a quarter of those 65 and older are considered to be socially isolated. Nearly a third of all people over 65, which is close to 14 million people, live by themselves, and according to the U.S. Census Bureau. And for people over 85, half of them live alone. And loneliness, I mean, living alone doesn't inevitably lead to loneliness, but it often does. Yeah. People in poorer health, especially those who have mood disorders, like they have anxiety or depression, they are more likely to feel lonely. And poorer health increases with age. Sometimes the only thing worse than suffering a serious illness is suffering from it all alone. Lots of new research suggests that a lack of social connection is bad for us. Blood pressure and stress levels are higher in lonely people, especially older adults. People with less social connection often have disrupted sleep patterns, weight loss, cognitive decline, 
altered immune systems, more inflammation, and higher levels of stress hormones. Think about that. It's so amazing. Social isolation can create or at least impact all of those things. And isolation can even contribute to someone's premature death. People who are socially isolated are twice as likely to die prematurely as those with more social interaction. That is a really amazing, yeah. So, you know, we're saying loneliness can accelerate cognitive decline in older people. And these effects start earlier than you might even think. So socially isolated children have significantly poorer health 20 years later, even after controlling for other factors. So social isolation can affect people of all ages. In grownups, social (laughs) isolation or loneliness is associated with a 29% increased risk of heart disease and a 32% increased risk of stroke. Those are high numbers. They are. Loneliness among heart failure patients has been associated with nearly four times increased risk of death, 68% increased risk of hospitalization, and 57% increased risk of emergency department visits. And more obviously, maybe, loneliness is associated with higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide. The isolation in seniors can complicate existing conditions and also encourage an unhealthy lifestyle and affect their thinking. Unhealthy habits increase when people are isolated. Right. According to the American Psychological Association, lonely seniors are more likely to smoke, drink in excess, be less physically active. They're also less hopeful or optimistic. They're 60% more likely to predict their quality of life decreasing over the next 10 years. Wow. So with all of the new research data that's coming out on this really important topic, it's becoming really clear, just from everything we just said, that loneliness and isolation are important risk factors for early death from all causes. Loneliness and social isolation are as important in these ways as obesity, smoking, and physical activity. Sometimes it's hard for us to know when someone we know is lonely because admitting loneliness carries stigma and that can make it hard to reach out. That's true, Cindy. Loneliness in older adults sometimes comes from their sensitivity to social cues or even misinterpreting things. They might feel easily rejected. They might have assumptions that no one wants to bother with them anymore. You know, our culture has a pretty negative view of aging. That is true, Julie. But it most often results from family members moving away and close friends passing away. So the isolation might happen to someone kind of gradually. They might be aware of their losses, obviously, but they're not seeing the big picture of their slowly increasing isolation over time until they wind up lonely. Yeah, ideally, as we mentioned in other podcasts, communities would keep an eye out for older people and include them in ways they want to be included. It doesn't have to be through structured programs, though they can be. Like some of the programs we've mentioned in the past that foster cross-generational interactions and experiences. That would be ideal. Everyone has something to offer. Intergenerational programs offer older adults a sense of purpose, along with social connection, and they help older adults share wisdom with younger people, and they reduce the stigma we have around aging. 
Older people can sometimes be helpful in caring for children or pets, for example. Also having their own pet can sometimes help lower their own feelings of loneliness and isolation for those who are capable of caring for one. That's true. There's research on the positive effects of having a pet. We talked about that in a past podcast. We've talked about a lot of stuff. Yes, we have. <laughs> Ensuring that older people have access to transportation can go a long way just in helping them maintain social connections. It doesn't even have to be a personal ride. It can be bus passes or connections to medical transport. That is super important. People need to feel that they can get to appointments, to activities, and if they're no longer driving, they can feel very trapped at home otherwise. The most vulnerable older adults are immigrants, especially first-generation immigrants who have language and cultural barriers to connecting with other people. And also LGBT populations and minorities who face stigma, discrimination, and barriers to care. Yeah. In the past couple of years, because of COVID, the group at highest risk for severe illness were also those at highest risk for loneliness and social isolation. And they were, of course, the elderly. Not being able to visit with family was a huge hardship for so many older folks who were living in nursing homes or continuum of care communities. They were even isolated from one another and most of their staff. It was not good. Even those in their own homes often couldn't see their own grandchildren because of COVID risks. So many of them. Yeah. A lot of the restrictions have been lifted, but the effect of the early restrictions really took their toll. It's true. It's been seen as another pandemic, like a double pandemic, COVID and loneliness. Both can cause serious decline in health. Yeah, as far as COVID, the social restrictions protected people through the pandemic, but also limited or even prevented a lot of interactions or any with friends and family, staff, their religious gatherings, and so many other connections that led to a major increase in feelings of loneliness and isolation. Yeah, COVID affected older adults in other ways too those who were in need of preventive health care or those with depression, anxiety, or other mental illness, many, many people had to postpone their regular appointments or tests or elective surgeries. Also, people living with dementia especially need cognitive and sensory stimulation and benefit a lot from seeing relatives and familiar faces. The impact of the social isolation they had to endure through COVID restrictions just keeps on going with their increased dementia, depression, and potential suicide risks. Yeah, it's really become its own crisis, separate from COVID, but related to COVID. Fortunately, there are several national organizations that can help people get connected. That is true. There's the AARP, the American Association of Retired Persons, which is at aarp.org and which is relentless in trying to combat issues around aging, starting with targeted marketing from the time you turn 50, whether you're anywhere near retirement or not. They offer tons of helpful information to seniors to help improve quality of life, including social connection. Yeah, they actually do a great job. They <laughs> do. They haven't always been wonderful, but they, they have done a great job connecting people. Mm -hmm. There's also the National Council on Aging at ncoa.org, which is also a large organization that works with nonprofit organizations and with governments and businesses to provide community programming and services. The National Institute on Aging at nia.nih.gov 
also offers helpful resources on social isolation and loneliness for older adults and their caregivers. As with other issues, often primary care doctors can be important partners in identifying loneliness and preventing those medical conditions that are associated with loneliness. Nearly everyone interacts with the healthcare system at some point in some way. As a point of contact, healthcare providers can be a social connection themselves, but they can also help to identify and offer resources to people who are at risk for loneliness and social isolation. Yeah, for older adults, even you know, going to their appointment is like a social outing sometimes. It is, yeah. We all have to be careful about the judgments we make because some people like being alone and it doesn't cause them to suffer. Regardless, it's good to consider connecting with and supporting people you know who are lonely or living alone. That's true, Cindy. It can be a loving gesture to reach out to someone who might be lonely, but not just a loving gesture. It can actually help improve their health status. Help them live longer. Exactly. <laughs> Look what you can do. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Thanks for listening. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at shrinksonthird. Till next time. Take care.